Welcome back, everybody, to the FBC Kyle podcast. I'm here with Brother Jeff English. Mm-hmm. Here, He's the pastor here at FBC Kyle. And today we have a special guest, uh, Sarah English. She was the one who did the message this last Sunday. Um, and today we're going to be going over some questions related to last Sunday's sermon. Do you want to go ahead and give like a, a recap of what we talked about? Yeah, for sure. We were talking about singleness. So we've been in this series of a new normal. And so this week we did a new normal single life, um, which is fun. And I'm single, so I have kind of a unique perspective on it, I guess. But we talked about singleness and what Paul says about singleness. And Paul saying that it's a gift. First and foremost, it's a gift. But also it's a gift with a purpose. And the purpose is to use our time well in singleness and um, to also use our time to be dedicated to the Lord um, without distraction. So that's kind of an overview of what we talked about. Yeah, Yeah, and that's perfect. And this, I I know a lot of people were looking forward to this sermon. Um, So we actually have, I think, the most questions that we've gotten uh, for any of these. Um, So let's just go ahead and get started. The first question is define singleness. Good question. Define singleness. Well, I think singleness, Paul would define it as a gift, like we talked about. But more specifically, I think when people ask that question, it might be, am I considered single? Mm -hmm. So what does a single person, what does it mean to be a single person? Uh, If I'm dating someone, am I single? If I'm engaged, am I considered single? And um, I think biblically, what we would find is that anybody not married is single. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's not in a covenant of marriage with someone else is still considered single. The Bible doesn't really talk about in-between relationships like dating and things like that. So if you are not married to someone, you are considered single Mm -hmm. biblically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty good. Did you, did you have anything? No, I agree. I agree hundred percent. Yeah. It it was not being in a state of marriage and covenant marriage. Uh, you're single. Sometimes we think I'm in a relationship. Is that the same as being married? And uh, that's an important question these days. And biblically, no, it's really not the same. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, dang, we're going to blow through, blow through these. Just moving on through. (laughs) Um, All right. What does singleness look like after marriage, uh, specifically due to divorce or loss of spouse? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people are in that situation, you know, to be single again, mm-hmm. the idea of loss of spouse being divorced. And it's, it's a tough situation to be in, to be single again. But the same principles apply to being single before marriage, mm-hmm. to be sing- as far as being single again. That time again is a gift from God. You know, even though it may be a result of a really difficult life situation, any situation we find ourselves in, is God's will. I mean, God causes all things to work together for our good. So if I'm single again because of divorce or, or because of the loss of a spouse, I can celebrate my singleness again, and I can view it as a gift from God with a purpose for my life. Mm. So this, I think that a lot of the same principles apply. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right. Um, what does the Bible say about living together before marriage? Ooh. Again, that's really prevalent today. And there's some people that would say the Bible really doesn't speak on that subject. But I really think it does, and I think it does really strongly. The word for um, sexual relationship outside of marriage that's used in the New Testament is fornication. Mm. And and the Jewish understanding of that word was very specific. It's any 
sex outside of marriage. And the Jewish people did take that very seriously. If you look back in Deuteronomy chapter 22, um, it talks about having uh, physical relations before marriage. If a, if a young girl was married and it was found out that she was not a virgin when she was married, and this may seem harsh, uh, she could be taken out and stoned to death. Wow. If a man um, had relations with a young woman who was a virgin, he had to pay her father 50 shekels of silver, and then he was married to her. <laughs> And for the rest of their life, there was not even the option of divorce that was pretty prevalent at that time. Mm. So what that tells me was, yes, God does take that seriously. To have physical relationships outside of marriage is something God takes seriously. And it's called fornication in the Bible. But I would hasten to add this. Um, it's not the unpardonable sin. Mm. Um, there is only one in that. The short version of that is rejecting the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit to come to Christ. Um, it's not the unpardonable sin, but it does. the Bible does speak against it. And if you look at it in context, it speaks pretty strongly against it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Did you have one? Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think that's a, that's a conversation that I've had with a lot of my friends um, as, you know, they're getting married and living together or, or whatever that might look like and just questions about what does the Bible say about living together or having sex before marriage? And there kind of is this idea that we're pretty much married. Mm -hmm. So we're basically married. But <laughs> if you have not committed yourself to each other in front of God yeah. in that yeah. covenant union, you're pretty much not married. <laughs> and so it's like, nah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. you're not married. And so I think there's a tendency to act married before you're married. Yeah. And I think, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I think there's, and I, with that, there's certain rights um, and privileges that come with marriage that don't come with dating yeah. or being engaged to someone. Yeah. But a lot of times I feel like we try and rush that process mm -hmm. because we desire the yeah. rights and privileges that marriage gives us. Yeah. Um, and we, we try and rush that and then say, well, I'm pretty much married or I'm dating this person or we're committed to life. We're very serious. Yeah, we're very yeah. serious. But you actually haven't been committed to that person for life. Yeah. And in God's eyes, you're not married yet. And so those rights and privileges, you don't have them. Yeah. They don't yeah. exist there. And I think it's un important to understand the purpose of marriage in general. There's a very sacred purpose in it. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul talks about this sacred purpose. He says it's a picture of the relationship between Jesus Christ and his church. And the foundation of that relationship between Christ and his church is commitment. Mm -hmm. If I were to talk about that relationship, well, I'm sort of committed to Jesus. Mm. I'm committed to Jesus, and I really have deep feelings for Jesus, but we're just not in covenant. Yeah. I haven't made that commitment fully yeah. yet. It, it really is not the picture of Christ and his church. Um, and really practically, I think a lot of young couples um, want to say, well, we're going to try this out. And but statistically, what they found is couples who live together before marriage are more likely to get a divorce after marriage, not less likely. Wow. And so even practically speaking, it just doesn't work the way we would think. It's not the picture of marriage that's presented in the Bible. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and I would think that that would kind of demonstrate a lack of commitment in mm -hmm. that. Like yeah. if you're if you're not willing to make the commitment like. 
like you can't you I feel like you have to accept that these this other person is going to have some problems and accept that you have problems and not do this like well like tiptoe mm -hmm. like scenario thing where you're not you're not willing to actually commit fully to the person yeah yeah um all right let's see oh I had a I had a follow-up question mm -hmm. that what do you um what I feel like it's along the same lines what does the bible say about like dating a non-believer yeah yeah be not unequally yoked with a, a believer and the picture i think there the idea of being unequally yoked can you picture trying to plow a field with an ox in one part of the yoke and a donkey in the other part of the yoke <laughs> it's just it's not going to work it just doesn't work yeah. and this idea of being unequally yoked is like if you're a believer and a non-believer in a relationship what I've seen over the years is the believer usually says, well, I can change them. Mm. Over time, they're gonna, that may or may not happen. 98% of the time what happens is the, the unbeliever tends to pull the believer down to the level of their faith mm. or lack of it. And so it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing. And why would you date a person you wouldn't consider marrying them? You know, that, that, that idea, why would you even enter into that relationship? It's almost like you're asking for a heartbreak in that if you don't have the most important thing in common. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, and I think with that, I think oftentimes there's this desire of I can fix them mm -hmm. or I can like missionary dating, some uh, might call it, you know. <laughs> um, and I think some of that comes from just being lonely. Yeah. and and not seeing the guys that you would want to date in the church or not like being around christian guys or yeah. christian girls that you know that you would want to date or something and so because of loneliness or, or whatever you kind of venture out but i think there are way um there are way worse things than being single yeah. <laughs> and there's there's some relationships that you could yeah. be in that are way worse than being single yeah. um and so i think that and i think one of those would be being with a non-believer um because there are difficulties to that um, that that brings for sure. Yeah, I love my kids, and you know, as a father, I would if I would prefer that they marry a believer, and I would I would say that to him. I have said that to him. God is our heavenly Father; He loves us, and He really does choose who we're going to marry. Would He choose for us to marry an unbeliever? I don't think He would. He's a loving Father. He's a loving father, and he wants what's best for us. And what's best for us is to be in a relationship with a person who loves Jesus Christ. And not just that, mm. but a person who is on fire for Jesus, mm. yeah. who's really sold out for God. Two people that may have some other things not in common in life, if they are both having a desire to please the Lord Jesus Christ and live for him, they will grow together over mm -hmm. time. Yeah. A believer... And an unbeliever will not grow together in the same way over time unless one, one of those people, the unbeliever gets saved, really. So uh, God has good things in store for us. He's a wonderful father, mm. and he wants the best for us, and that is for believers to marry believers. Yeah. Yeah. I think, one, too, I love the not just a believer, yeah. like that idea of not just marrying someone who's given their life to Jesus, but to marry someone who's running the same pace mm -hmm. as you. Um, and someone who can like match you stride and stride yeah. as you're walking with the Lord. I think that's important because then there's um, still, if someone's a baby believer, not that a relationship couldn't work, 
but just the benefit of being with someone who is matching you stride and stride, who's at the same pace, who you can run alongside, um, and and you're not kind of in varying different maturity levels in your relationship with the Lord. Um, I think there's a benefit to that for sure. All right. How can families serve single people in their life? Yeah, this is a really important question. Um, I have lots of friends who are married, you being one of them, you and Taylor. Um, So yeah, lots of friends and lots of families that I love and that I'm close to. And I wouldn't trade those relationships for anything because um, they're vital in my life. Mm. And I love to learn from my friends who are married and see what this season of life looks like for them and my friends who are having kids right now and just to learn from them and see what this season looks like. Um, But I think one of the best ways that married couples and families can can serve single people is just by inviting them, inviting us into your life. Um, So if you have single people in your life, invite them in, invite them for dinner, like let them hang out with you, be around your kids and your family and how you do things. And um, because that's really important for community for single people. Um, But then also to realize that we have, we belong. Like even with our friends who are married and who are having kids, there's a place that we belong and we can belong in that family. Um, And another thing that comes to mind and something I said on Sunday was call us to Jesus, not just marriage. Because I feel like sometimes there can be um, a pressure, maybe, for lack of a better word, there can be a pressure um, to go towards marriage and who are you dating and this guy's single or this girl's single or whatever situation you're in. And there can be kind of sometimes a pressure uh, from your married friends. But instead of that being the primary place that you're, that married that married couples might be calling singles to, but be calling us to Jesus yeah. first and foremost. Um, and and um, this sounds harsh, but I don't mean it harsh, but don't put expectations on us that Jesus hasn't put on us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, um, I just think that is one way that, that families can yeah. serve us. I think so too. I think uh, also respecting God's will in the single person's life. Mm-hmm. They're single for a reason. And it's because God is doing something really important in their life. And so I think respecting that and say, oh, you'll be happy when you're married, you know, or things will be better once you find a husband. I know somebody down the road. No, just respecting that God has that person in this time in their life, this place in their life for a reason and respecting God's will and just celebrating that with them and not thinking, you know, someday they'll be completed by another person. That may Mm -hmm. well be God. That may be God's plan. Yeah. But just celebrate where they are in God's will as a single person. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, I feel like, like you're saying, putting those, those expectations on people, um, that may, like, reinforce an anxiety that they have about being single right. or some sort of stress. And I feel like that just, that is, that, like you're saying, that wouldn't be wise. Right. Because that pressure is already coming from culture, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so that pressure also shouldn't be coming from the church, too. Yeah. I think there's goodness and there's benefit in marriage for sure. And it's important for us to see that, which is good for single people to have married friends. Um, but to realize that that doesn't, that you're not a failure because you're not in that season. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's, yeah, that's really good to not kind of enforce that anxiety or mm-hmm. pressure. Mm-hmm. 
And so would you say, like, say, like, in your friend group, is there a natural pressure that comes about, like, if you see, like, members of your friend group getting married or being in a relationship, do you, is there, like, a, a natural pressure that comes up from seeing that and feeling like you're, like, lagging behind or, or whatever? Um, do you think that is, like, is a thing? I for sure think so. I think it's just a natural kind of thought that comes into your mind when, you know, I'm 24, my friends are, like, my, I have single friends, but a lot of my friends are getting married. Um, some of them are having kids. And so it's just that thought of, okay, well, if this is what some of my friends are doing, then does that mean that I should be also doing that right now? And there's kind of a sense of maybe, you know, like of failing in a season or, you know, not doing something fast enough or not doing something right. Um, or not being as successful, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, as other people. But so I think there is definitely that natural kind of thinking that comes in or like, what's wrong with me? Or why am I not reached this point in my life yet? Kind of those mm -hmm. thoughts definitely yeah. naturally come up. Yeah, I, I know for me, I met my wife when I was 35 years old. So we were married when I was 36 years old. Wow. So yeah, I thought a lot about being married before then. Had I been married before I met my wife, I would have married the wrong person. Mm. She is the one I believe that God has for me. And, uh, you know, so it was God's will. I was not ready. And there were lessons God was still teaching me. Yeah. And I guess I'm some ways I'm a slow learner. But, you know, but he was still working on my heart and my life and preparing me. So it's okay. You know, there is not one set of milestones for the Christian life for every person. No. They come at different times and in different ways. The main thing is we seek the Lord. You know, it's a really beautiful picture, you know, uh, that I have. You know, the, in, the, in the Bible, uh, God says, I will be a father to the fatherless. Isn't that a great picture? Mm. So do people that don't have a father, do they have a, do they have a father? Sure. They have a father. But in a real way, Jesus, I believe, says, I'll be a husband to the single. And, and, and that also applies to guys, too, in a way. But the thing of it is, is, yes, the Lord will be enough. Mm. Just as God the Father will be enough for the fatherless, Jesus, the Bible talks about him as the bridegroom. And it's beautiful language. And the Lord will be enough in the, those seasons of our life where we're single. Jesus will be enough. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, why do people often perceive marriage as the as an end goal when it's really not? Mm. Yeah. yeah, to me, that kind of goes with what we were just talking about. Um, there's an idea that the picture of success um, and happiness is marriage and that that is kind of the goal that is the end the finish line yeah, like which is weird yeah. yeah i don't get it yeah, <laughs> um yeah. but i think because if you think about it like kids playing with barbies right mm -hmm. like oh we're getting married you know <laughs> or you think about just like being kids and you're dreaming of your wedding day and it's like ingrained in us and it's a there's a natural desire there i believe that god puts in us but i also believe that there is um a cultural kind of expectation mm -hmm. that is also put on us from a very young age 
And so I think that that is kind of seen like, oh man, happiness is when I find someone to love me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I find someone to be yeah. with for the rest of my life, like that is happiness. But I think there's a problem with that thought that marriage is the end goal, that it's the finish line, that yeah. everything's going to be okay when I get married. Cause Jesus wasn't married. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, right. was he a failure? <laughs> did he not fit, like get to the finish line? <laughs> you know, like, did he, was he a failure in life? Did he not meet up to the expectations of God, the father? Like, um, and I think that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, you know, the idea that I'm incomplete until I meet the other person who will complete me. Mm-hmm. Um, I do be- believe God brings people together and they're, and when he does it, they're stronger together than they were separately. Yeah. But this idea that some person is going to do for me what Jesus should be doing for me is a recipe for disappointment. Yeah, yeah. that's a lot to put on, the, it on really, another person. Right. Yeah, so true. There is no guy that's Jesus other than Jesus. And so, if someone's looking to a, a prospective pouse, a spouse to be what Jesus should be for us, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. It's going to be a problem. The Bible says, "Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and all these other things." will be added unto you. Hmm. So, you know, the idea is seek the Lord first and just seek him with all of our heart. And the rest of it will work out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How should a single person balance their desires to be married while also being content where God has them in their life? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, you know, and I would say that seek the Lord. Yeah. Paul said in, in Philippians, I've learned to be content at whatever state I am. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of the lesson there. He was talking about uh, money. He learned, they, the Philippians had just given him a love offering. Mm. And he says, that's okay. Listen, whether I have it or not, I'm content. Mm. But he says this, the reason why he could be content at whatever state, state he was, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's this idea of this idea of desire is Christ will give us all that we need. We desire him. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's okay not to be happy being single because God has not called us to be happy. He's called us to be content. Mm. And he's called us to be joyful in whatever season that we're in, knowing that he's enough. And he brings me joy. Yeah. And it's okay to think about those other things, but just within the context that Jesus will be enough no matter what he calls me to in life, no. my yeah. Lord will be enough for me. Yeah. That is so good. I think the thought that um, that marriage is well, the best thing that's going to happen to you and that desire is the biggest desire in your life, mm. that's an issue. And I yeah. think that's when yeah. like discontentment really digs in deep is when your goal and you're driving towards and you're working towards and you're running towards marriage, towards a relationship. And I think one way to deal with, to be content, but also be desiring marriage is to um, have a bigger, greater desire. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like my bigger, greater desire is to love Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. My bigger, greater desire is to serve Jesus. And so when that happens and when that's my greatest desire and everything else in my life is just like an addition, yeah. mm-hmm. is a blessing, yeah. um, is a gift, right? Then that's a different perspective. 
rather than my greatest desire is to be married. And then you're never going to be content in that, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. But when our when my greatest desire is to be like Jesus, to be with Jesus and to serve Jesus, then I can find contentment in that because yeah. that's what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. I wasn't first and foremost created to be married or to be a wife or to be a mom. I was first and foremost created to be a daughter of my creator Amen. and to love him and to serve him. And that's where commit, that's where contentment is, I think. Like, yeah. that's how we find it. And I think, woo, this is good. <laughs> like, when <laughs> I feel like when we find, when we find ourselves, when I find myself not content where I am, it's not a relationship status problem. Yep. Yeah. It's a heart issue. Yep. Yep. And that issue is not going to be solved by any person that comes into my life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's a big danger though. And that's why yeah, so yeah. many people run out of singleness and into relationships because they think that that's going to solve the problem, yeah. that that's going to make them happy. Yeah. But um, it's not. It's not. Yeah. And then that's yeah. going to be big disappointment yeah. um, when it doesn't. As you were talking, I had this picture in my mind of, uh, of a candle, like in a dark room, or you're out on the back porch and you light a candle in the darkness. It's good to have the candle. Mm. But then the sun comes up. The sun is enough. Mm-hmm. The sun is enough. Jesus is enough. He is like the sun mm-hmm. rising compared to a candle on the table. Mm. Now, the candle is a good thing, but the sun is enough. Yeah. The yeah. sun is enough. Yeah, that's good. And I, I'm noticing, again, like we, I, I feel like I always point this out, but in all of these discussions, the, the, the underlying message it seems to be focus on Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And and like that verse that you always quote, focus on Christ and all these things will be added to you. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just cool to see that consistency. Yeah, it's in just all yeah. through. And I would say this, don't look for husband or wife. Look for Jesus, mm. right? And the thing is, you can be in the middle of the Mojave Desert if you're in the will of God. And if it's in his will, if it's his time, you'll meet someone. Mm. You can be in the middle of New York City and not meet the one God has for you. Mm. You know, so the thing of it is, is be in the will of God and just stay in the will of God. Seek him with all of our heart. Yep. Yeah. For sure. All right. Um, Why would God design me to be nurturing and have desires to be married and be a mom, but still call me to singleness? Yeah, I think um, I desire that. You know, like I desire to be a mom. I desire to be a wife. And um, I feel like God's like gifted me in some of those areas. But what I also have seen is that a lot of those same things that would be useful in a, as a wife or as a mom mm-hmm. is useful in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't think that there's giftings given you given to you particularly for marriage, but there's gifts given to be used for people. And so I think that that can be used in ministry. And so you don't have to wait to use that till you get married. But also, um, I think we're all we're all called to singleness for a time, as Paul talks about, like we talked about on Sunday, whether that's a long period of time or a short period of time, we've been given a gift of singleness Mm -hmm. um, to use it well. But also there's there's something too that. Um, the desires of your heart, God wants to give them to you. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to know the desires of your heart and, um, and he wants to give us all things good. Yeah. But I think the stipulation to that is walking with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so being in his will and, and loving him and letting him guide you. And so 
Um, I think that if you desire to be a mom and to be a wife, express that to Jesus. Like, talk to him about it. I pray about my future husband. I pray about my future family. Mm -hmm. Like, those are things that I talk to God about, and I don't think that that's wrong. Um, But I can still be content where I am and use Mm -hmm. those gifts of a wife or a mom in the ministry that I have right now and be content because of the greater desire that I have. Yeah, man. And, you know, Jesus was very nurturing. I mean— I, I was thinking at the time he was coming over the hill and looked at Jerusalem. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who uh, murdered the prophets and stoned those out to you. How often would I have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings? Mm-hmm. Very nurturing language. And you would not. So Jesus was very nurturing, but he was never married. Mm-hmm. But this desire to nurture, to help, to, yeah. to minister was a part of his heart. And it's a part of believers' hearts. But and but you know that desire to be to be nurturing, or to be a mother, it might he might satisfy that desire in a better way than you imagined. I'm thinking of the missionary who sent overseas to teach children, and so instead of one child, she has 35 children, that are her children, mm. and she pours her heart into those little kids, right? Or the or or, uh, or the father who wants to be a father and just wants to help a boy. And yet there's somebody in the neighborhood who he takes under his wing yeah. and raises him up to be a, help, uh, help to raise him up to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so God may satisfy that desire in a way that yeah. w- might be even better than we thought. Yeah. 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 And if you find yourself like in that situation, talk to God about it, but don't wait to use those gifts. Yeah. Don't yeah. wait yeah, right. until you're married. Um, don't wait to, to, to use that nurture and that love and that care that God's given you because um, he wants you to use it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a place for it right yeah. now. Amen. For Amen. sure. Yeah. Right. I, feel like, um, I feel like we as believers tend to do that with the gifts that we're given. Mm-hmm. Like think like, oh, this is the only way that I can use this gift. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. Is why God, this is exactly why God gave this gift to me. This is how I need to use it, mm-hmm. and, if, and if I'm not using it in this way, then something's wrong. Right. Um, I think that picture that you kind of put together of of a uh, of a person who is patiently waiting for the person that God has for them, while using the gifts that they have. Yeah. Um, that's that's amazing. Like it it uh, that's a. a great picture of faith I feel like yeah. where you see from an outside view seeing this person who you know has these feelings desires this this relationship with another another person being like you're saying content in that situation that's a, that's a pretty strong uh, message to people yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. I think so too and I say this a lot but today is really not a rehearsal for tomorrow yeah you know, I'm, God, I'm not practicing to, to do God's will later on. Mm. No. If it's God's will, it's God's will. Let's do it. If he's yeah. given me the gift, let me use it. Yeah. Today is what we have. Mm. And so God's given you that desire to nurture, nurture. You know, in the service last, uh, last Sunday, we d- recognized the graduates. Mm. And a couple of the college graduates, one of the things that struck me was, I'm working with the children, and I just love those kids. They're using their gifts. You know, and they found really a deep love for those children. So we can do God's will now. We mm. can use those gifts now. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, what is the gift of singleness, and how do you know if you have it? 
is in it was in quotes. So. <laughs> the gift. Yeah, I think something that um, from my my sermon on Sunday talking about that Paul Paul talks about singleness being a gift, and he calls it that, but he also calls marriage a gift. So he says both are gift given by God, and um, I think that's really important. Because what that says to me is that whatever season you find yourself in, see it as a gift and use it as a gift. And um, that's something we didn't really get into on Sunday. But when God gives us gifts, he gives us those gifts to be used for his glory and for the good of the church. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so whatever season we find ourselves in, whether it's singleness or marriage, it's to be used for the glory of God and for the good of the church. And so same with spiritual gifts, like that's why spiritual gifts are given. And so God wants to use the gifts he gives us for his glory and for the church, for the encouragement and the uplifting of the church. Um, And so some people uh, might be called to singleness Mm -hmm. for their life, right, for their whole life. And that's a gift because that's what God had in store for them. And um, when God gives a gift, I believe he also gives the grace to live it. And so um, if, if he calls you and, and you find yourself single for life, I, my mentor is, has been single her whole life. Um, and she has used that time to disciple women and to love people and to make disciples. And um, she has used that. And God's given her the grace to, to live this, um, this single life. Mm. And I believe that she would consider it a gift <laughs> because it's what God gave her. Yeah. And so... Um, I think that idea of, of singleness being a gift just comes from the idea that anything that God gives is a gift, mm-hmm. and he gives singleness. Whether it's um, for a long time or a short time, it, it is a gift, and I believe that if he calls you to be single for your life, he will also give you the grace to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of that's how I got from what, what Paul was saying about singleness being a gift, but do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I agree 100%. It's This idea is a grace gift from God, an unmerited, undeserved gift from God. And that's what it is. How can you tell if you have that gift? Well, just seek God. It's up to Him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says that the Spirit gives the gifts severally as He will. And He's talking about spiritual gifts there. But it also applies here. It's up to God. Just seek God and let Him determine that. Yeah. You know, do I have the gift of singleness or y'all yeah, hope I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. probably not the right, yeah. you know, with it, just seek God with all your heart. And yeah. I guess this is kind of the theme through all this and let God decide that. Yeah. And what God calls you to, he will bring you through with joy. Mm. Yeah. If he calls you to that, he'll bring you right through. It will be a joyful experience. Yeah. For you. And I think something with that is this idea of like, do I have the gift to be, to be, it's like, if you're single now, you have the gift. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, okay. So if you find yourself single right now, you have the gift of singleness right right now. now, So that doesn't mean that next month you won't have the gift of, well, maybe not next month. That'd be really fast. But like (laughs) next year you have this, the gift of marriage. Mm. Um, and so I think there's this idea of looking into the future mm-hmm. and desiring what your life is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't know. Yeah. Like, we don't know what tomorrow holds. And so as long as we have the gift that we're given today, let's use it for God mm-hmm. and not focus on the gifts of tomorrow yeah. that he's going to give us. Yeah. Because then I believe that we miss out on the gift of today and the purpose of that gift yeah. today. Yeah, um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I had a thought. Um, we like. Uh, I think you were mentioning 
the not being afraid to let God know what the desire, what you, what this desire is in your heart. Yeah. And I, I was thinking of uh, of Jesus on like praying mm-hmm. right before he was crucified. Yeah. He uh, he wasn't afraid to tell God that he he didn't want to yeah. like didn't want to go through this. So true. Yeah. Um, but in that he was still he submitted to God's authority and was like yeah. in this like whatever you want to do yeah I'll do mm. and I think you know that that's to me the key of that is his greatest desire yeah was to be pleasing to God yeah, yeah. and to honor God and to glorify God and as long as that's our utmost desire yeah, yeah. is to see him glorified uh, then yeah we can express our desires to him just but acknowledging Lord but whatever brings you glory yeah whatever brings you the most glory I'm glad to do it yeah for yeah. Jesus it meant going to a cross you know but anybody who follows Jesus has to be willing to come to that place with their their personal desires mm. they need to deny themselves mm. and take up their cross and follow him and we don't know exactly what that will look like in every person's life but it's be willing being willing to die to self yeah. and our own needs and our own wants uh, to seek him and yeah. his glory yeah Put in first. Yep. All right. Um, when God says it is not good that the man should be alone, does that pertain only to marriage? Hmm. Well, in that context, he's talking about marriage, mm-hmm. yes. But in general, I would say that we were not created to be alone as human beings. If you think about God and his nature, God has never been alone mm-hmm. in eternity. Yeah. It's always been God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God has always lived in community. Mm-hmm. So wherever you find God, you'll find community. Mm-hmm. And so in one sense, in a general sense, no, it's not. We weren't created to live alone. We were created in the image of God to live in community. Mm-hmm. But it does have a special application for marriage, though, I think. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think that... Um, that idea for it's not it's not good for man to be alone. Um, I I think that that does extend to relationships in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. Um, because I'm again that goes back going back to Jesus, mm-hmm. right? If it wasn't good for man to be alone, but Jesus and the idea of being alone means not unmarried, yeah, right? Does that make sense? And so um, like to be single is to be alone. To be not married means you're alone. Oh, uh-huh. and so I think if that was mm-hmm. the definition, yeah. then we would define Jesus as being alone. Yeah. Because he was single. Yeah. But in reality, he was in relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so he was in relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit, but also with his people, with Mm -hmm. his disciples, with the people who were journeying with him. Yeah. And so um, I think that whatever season you're in, God never wants us to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that can move into being single and you can be in fulfilling relationships. Um, and be single. Yeah. And I think that's also part of the reason um, why it's so important for married couples and families to in, to invite single people into their families. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, am I always going to be sad about being single? Can and can I be sad and content at the same time? I think that's there's <laughs> an underlying thought there that that God wants us to be happy. And I think God has something better for us than happiness. Yeah. And that's joy. 
that's joy. Yeah. And the, and the joy is a little bit different from that. Happiness is situational. Yeah. It's based on my current situation in life, how things are going, my current relationship status. <laughs> yeah. How are yeah. things going with my boyfriend or my wife or my husband and I'm happy. Hmm. Be, joy is something else. Yeah. The Bible speaks of a joy unspeakable and full of glory. And that's something that works from the inside out. It's something that Jesus gives us. So, yeah, could we not be particularly happy at any given moment in time and still be content? Yeah, hmm. because we have something better than situational happiness. Yeah. We have the joy of Christ in our heart. Now, if we're looking to happiness to, to do in our life what Jesus and his joy can do, yeah, we're going to have a rough time. Mm -hmm. But the idea is the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's yeah. our strength. That's yeah. I, I think that that is a really good question yeah. because, um, you know, as a single person and just living, living in that season, um, there are hard times, like there are sad times. There are times that you feel lonely and there are times that you, you know, desire a relationship and different things like that. And I don't think to be content means that you never experience those emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, right. but I think that it's what, it's what you do with those emotions. Like, what do I do when I feel sad? Like, or I feel yeah. lonely or I find myself yeah. desiring those things. Do I linger on it and feel bad for myself and, and uh, forget about the joy that God's given me now? Or do I run to God with it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do I, do, am I honest with the Lord? Like, mm -hmm. this is tough right now. You know, like yeah. Yeah. I'm sad or I'm feeling this way. Because yeah. um, he wants to know those things and we can mm -hmm. be honest with him and we can confess that to him and ask for joy like lord give me strength mm -hmm. um give me joy and find contentment in that and also um surround yourself with people to encourage you in that yeah. um people who are going to call you to jesus and remind you of what he has for you yeah um and not just marriage or yeah, relationships I but i think it's okay to be sad yeah it's okay to feel those yeah. things yeah it, and it may be one of the lessons of singleness that god is teaching you know, am I going to look to my current situation to find what my heart needs? Yeah. Or am I going to look to Jesus? And that may be one of the lessons of that season. Right. Is learn to be content with Christ. And, you know, it's in our culture, there seems to be this attitude of avoid suffering at all costs. Mm. Yeah. You know, like if you're suffering, then something's wrong. There's yeah. something wrong. But, yeah. you know, I think of Jesus on the cross and he knew what it was to be truly lonely. When he cried out, when our sins were placed upon Jesus on that cross, mm. for the first time in eternity, he was still the son of God, but his fellowship with God was broken by our sin. And he cries out, my God. And by the way, that's the only time Jesus ever prayed that he used Father. Mm. When those sins were on him, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mm. But see, that had a purpose. Yeah. He, but you know, the Bible also says, that we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, but is in all points has been in all points tempted as we are, and yet without sin. So maybe one of the lessons of that is: Do I run to the one who understands my loneliness? Do I run to him and seek in him what I need, or will I look for some answer in some other place? Yeah, I think too. Um I think there's a misconception that we think that marriage is going to, is going to solve our sorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. like that. We think that like marriage is going to solve our loneliness. Mm -hmm. That's a lie from Satan. Yeah. 
It's not true. The only one who can solve our sadness, the only one who can solve our loneliness is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think that that's another reason why people run out of singleness is because they think that it's going to, that relationship is going to solve the problems and the emotions Mm -hmm. that they find within themselves. But I think that what, so what so many of us (laughs) single people don't realize is that you're going to be sad and you're going to feel lonely in marriage too. Yeah. Because those are human feelings, yeah. and um, your spouse isn't going to be perfect, mm-hmm. and so there's you know there's no person um, that can make you feel fulfilled in that the greatest way possible. Yeah. And so um, so then okay, if you feel sad or lonely in marriage, are you going to run out of your marriage? No, mm-hmm. you know, but you run to the one who's greater than. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You run to the one who can give you joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the one who can. Um, can help you find contentment and yeah. can be the perfect relationship, the perfect yeah. friend, the perfect companion. Yeah. Yeah. It, a, a, it's so comprehensive what yeah. God has given us in Christ. The but, Bible says all the promises of God, all of them are in him. Mm. Yes, begun and amen, finished under the glory of God through us. So what we need is always in Jesus, always yeah. in him. And um, so we just want to keep seeking him. Question. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, is it important to have friends who are single? I feel like we've touched on that a few times. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> have friends who are single. We're cool. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, if you're single, have friends who are single. If you're married, have friends who are single. Yeah. If you're married with kids, have friends who are single. If yeah. you're older, have friends who are single. Um, I think that diversity is good and that there are lessons that we can teach each other yeah. um, as the body of Christ. So, yeah. yes. I yeah. feel like, yeah, and that, that shouldn't really uh, uh, be a factor in determining whether or not you're friends with someone. Right. Mm. <laughs> right. Um, which I don't feel like anybody does, like, intentionally. Right. But I feel like um, there's this idea like, oh, I can't relate to that person because I'm not, I'm not married or I'm not single. So right. they just naturally kind of like dismiss them, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the case. I don't feel. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Last question: Can singleness be seen as a picture of the gospel? Ooh. Because you always one. hear, you always <laughs> hear about marriage yeah. being a picture of. Right. Uh, oh. But I, I would say this, as far as that goes, since Jesus pretty much is the gospel, yeah, and Jesus was single, yes, the you know the the good news of God is primarily salvation through Jesus Christ. Hmm. So yeah, marriage we can be a picture of that in marriage, in our in in as we're sanctified and become more like Him. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we can be single in a picture of the gospel. Definitely, definitely we can. Um, yeah. And I think that that, you, that really is exemplified when one finds contentment in singleness yeah. Yeah. Um, but, and realizes the perfect companion that is Jesus and, um, and how, how that was possible. Like that was only made possible through the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so we can have relationship with God the Father through what Jesus did for us on the cross and so I think finding perfect contentment in that yeah. and finding joy in that and satisfaction is that mm-hmm. in that is a, is a beautiful picture of yeah. the yeah. gospel. Um, yeah. I, I watched a movie recently 
And I'm not endorsing the doctrine of it. It was about a nun, right? So, oh, okay. But this nun got ready to take her vows. And, uh, and what they did, they brought her forward at one point, and they put a ring on her finger. And they said, now you are the bride of Christ. Wow. You know, and I think doctrinal, again, I'm not doctrinally commenting on that. But that picture, right, of really being, the bride of Christ is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. And, and it's not just for single women. The whole church is called the bride of Christ. Yeah. And he's our bridegroom. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just this beautiful, beautiful picture. So as the church, as singles, as married, we are the bride of Christ. Yeah. We are a part of that picture of Christ in his church. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Um, so that is all the questions that we have for today. Um, thank you for joining us in here. Yeah, Sarah, it was fun. Thanks room. for having me. Um, if y'all would like to have your, your questions answered in the future um, for Sunday services, whether you're watching them on YouTube or Facebook, you can comment right below the stream uh, your question, and we can gather those up and answer them here. Um, if you're watching it on the website, you can actually send those in through the church email, which is info at fbckyle.com. Um, and yeah, these questions are all anonymous. Um, so don't be afraid that we're gonna like shout you out um, on the podcast, but it's been really great talking to you guys yeah. about this. Um, did one of y'all wanna uh, send us out in prayer? Yeah, go ahead. Sure, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for being good and consistent and never changing and always um, helping us to find contentment and joy. Thank you for being present. God, we thank you that you're the perfect friend. And we just thank you for the gift of singleness. We thank you for the gift of marriage. And you, we thank you for all that that means and all that that provides for us in our life. And um, we just pray that whatever season we find ourselves in, Lord, that we would run to you, that we would run to you before anything else, God. I pray that our greatest desire would be you, that my greatest desire would be to love you, to be like you, and to serve you. And I just pray for everybody who finds themselves single, um, whether they're still single or they're single again. God, I just pray that you would um, help them find contentment, that you would fill them with joy, that you would fill them with peace, and that you would fill them with people to pour into them and love them and encourage them. And um, we love you so much, and we're thankful for what you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks all again, yeah. and we will see you guys next week.